Good afternoon, and welcome to From Where We Are, stories of news and culture through the lens of USC, Southern California, and beyond. It's Monday, October 19th, from Los Angeles, I'm Colton Nephew. On today's show, we hear mixed opinions about removing spring break next semester, and how one student uses music to spread awareness about issues facing indigenous people. All that and more from where we are. But first, these news headlines. For Annenberg Radio News, I'm Amanda Zhang. Today is the last day to register online or by mail to vote in California for the general election on November 3rd. Time is ticking towards the midnight deadline to give election officials enough time to verify voter eligibility and send out ballots. You can register online at registertovote.ca.gov or pick up a paper voter registration application at the DMV and other government offices. In person, you can register and vote in most counties on November 3rd. The Los Angeles Dodgers are headed back to the World Series. After being down three games to one against the Atlanta Braves, the Dodgers completed their comeback with a thrilling 4-3 win in Game 7 of the National League Championship. For the third time in four years, the Dodgers will have a chance to be crowned Major League Baseball champions. They've fallen short in their previous two tries, and the Dodgers have not won the World Series since 1988. The 2020 World Series, LA Dodgers versus Tampa Bay Rays begins tomorrow evening. COVID-19 cases continue to soar across the country. An infectious disease expert warned Americans that the next few months will be the darkest of the pandemic. Health experts say the predicted fall surge is here, and rising cases across the U.S. appear to bear that out. The U.S. is averaging more than 55,000 new cases a day, with 10 states reporting their highest single-day case counts ever. I'm Amanda Jong, and those are some of the top news stories today. USC announced Wednesday the cancellation of spring break for the 2021 spring semester to try to minimize the spread of COVID-19. We asked students and a USG senator their thoughts on losing their spring break and having to cancel plans. Esther Cho has the story. USC's announcement last Wednesday to cancel spring break came after a long period of uncertainty on this issue from the administration. With a strenuous virtual fall semester coming to an end, it's not easy to approach with an open mind the idea of losing an entire spring recess. I think it is a terrible decision not to have spring break. AJ Arona is a first-year grad student at Annenberg. We need to have a break from this constant Zoom and uh, being in front of computers and being cooped up inside. Arona, like many students, uses spring break to help restore his physical and mental health. I hope that they really reconsider this decision and really think about the students' best interests and really the health of the entire college community. If, for example, you're studying dance at USC Kaufman, your feet and the rest of you just need a break, says junior dance major Anija Lazama. We're dancing anywhere from, I want to say, 21 to about like 24 hours a week. So that spring break is much needed, you know, for our bodies to get that rest. So I think it's quite disappointing. USC is planning on instituting personal wellness days throughout the spring semester in place of the traditional spring break. That should help Anija Lazama. But I also know 
that USC is really conscious about like upholding those guidelines to help students uh, and professors stay healthy by eliminating, you know, spring break um, so that we can all come back as an entire uh, unit next year. University Student Government Senator Max Gomez says, if students were to gather for fun somewhere, for spring break as they traditionally do, they could spread and contract COVID-19. USC students are not just making choices that impact their homes and their roommates and their friends. Uh, they're impacting the South Central community in Los Angeles, um, a vastly diverse community uh, full of marginalized identities and uh, lower income uh, Angelenos. We're asking students, you know, to sort of take that into account and take into account our community's welfare um, as we ask them to make sacrifices. The news that spring break has been canceled comes at a stressful and chaotic time when students are riddled with studying for exams as we head into this semester's final stretch. For Annenberg Media, I'm Esther Cho. Faculty will also be affected by the decision. And as Samantha Moscow reports, teachers also have mixed views on missing spring break. Professor Jasmine Ray Bryant teaches chemistry at USC. Usually for spring break, she would prepare for the rest of the semester and spend a little time on herself, swimming and exercising and getting caught up with things at home. But not this year, as there's no spring break. In a normal semester, uh, it's usually time to kind of get ahead to develop some more materials for class, uh, but also to just have a break from the usual day-to-day uh, treadmill that is teaching 200 students at a time. USC Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism is hoping and planning to have some students attend classes in person during the spring semester. So not having a spring break should be safer, says Gordon Stables, the director of the School of Journalism. Within Annenberg, about 25% of our classes are tentatively scheduled in a hybrid modality. That actually really only works without a spring break because mm -hmm. most of the theory is if you're doing testing and contact tracing, the kind that USC has already announced, if you have a week period where everyone disperses, you have a lot more concerns. That makes sense to Professor Bryant, but she also sees the downside. Well, I like the idea of, of not having spreading events like that. Um, I think it's really hard to go 15 weeks without a break. But unlike this semester, which was shortened, teachers won't have to squeeze extra information into fewer weeks. Well, I think, you know, for a lot of faculty, it's honestly a little bit of relief. Again, director of the USC Annenberg School of Journalism, Gordon Stables. And that it's a more traditional 15 weeks. I know a lot of students and faculty both found one of the challenges this fall was doing a 15 weeks of instruction in 13 weeks. Everybody makes adjustments. USC has also made other adjustments. The five days that would have been spring break this year will be interspersed throughout spring semester as personal wellness days to benefit students and faculty. And faculty take it upon themselves to further reduce stress. Here again is chemistry professor Jasmine Ray Bryant. I do plan to give my classes uh, some time off for sure. I just know that it probably won't line up with the days other people decide to give their classes days off. So I don't think students will necessarily get a full, a full day off or a long weekend. And that might be the, the real disadvantage. Later today, Annenberg administration is expected to issue some clarification about next semester's schedule and the personal wellness days. For Annenberg Media, I'm Samantha Moscow. Indigenous Peoples Day was last week, but some students celebrate their Indigenous heritage every day of the year. 
Molly Hirsch spoke with a former USC student and musician, Matawa Huey, about his music and activism. I have a song on my previous album called Gravel. To me, it's kind of a chant of unity and solidarity amongst all different groups. That was singer and songwriter Mato Wayuhi. His music is catchy, like many other popular songs. However, the message within his lyrics sets his music apart. Wayuhi's music is a voice for minority groups, particularly inspired by his Native American roots. This song, Gravel, is a message about strife within all minority communities. A lot of these different communities have been, you know, metaphorically walking for a long time. Our terrain happens to be gravel because a lot of roads in the reservation are made of gravel. And he said the specific inspiration behind gravel is... Showing how we've combated a lot of these historical acts of violence and persecution. Aside from feeding music lovers the rhythm and beats they so crave, Wayuhi is also helping spark a necessary conversation that's often ignored, the stigma surrounding Native American culture. I'm angry that, you know, society can't see us as human beings. That was Pamela Peters, a Navajo woman who's an active member of the Native community in Los Angeles. Peters says Native culture and history is treated like a fable. You have Thanksgiving stories, you have, you know, um, Columbus Day, you have all these like myths that are ingrained into young kids and so they believe that. A recent survey conducted by First Nations Development Institute and Echo Hawk Consulting found that Americans are, for the most part, unaware of the culture surrounding the Native community. Peters blames this ignorance on the education system. They don't really consider me a person. That's just because of how education has been structured. Only 34% of those surveyed believe that Native people face discrimination. However, another survey conducted by Health Services Research found that more than one in five Native Americans reported experiencing discrimination in clinical encounters. While Wayuhi is now building his platform as a voice for this community, growing up, he had trouble identifying with his own Native roots. I think a lot of kids of color will attest to this. There's a lot of internalized conflict you have to kind of make amends with before you can learn how to be prideful of who you are. Wayuhi grew up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where natives make up the largest minority group. However, he still struggled to accept his native identity, partly because of the harsh stigma facing this culture. Growing up, that was something I was always dealing with, was like internalized racism, trying to figure out what it meant to be native, how much I loved it, how much I was shameful of it, and how much I wanted to conform. And when Wayuhi was 15, he turned to music to better connect with his thoughts and express them to others. In fact, he says music is his weapon of choice in the constant fight for recognition of the Native community. I think not only Native youth, but everyone within a Native population is in a state of survival mode. We are all given these opportunities to represent our people and then also prolong the movements that we're trying to create. And Wayuhi creates these movements by creating moments. His DJ Cole Thompson, who travels with Wayuhi to perform alongside him, says that his way of getting his message across to his audience is by connecting with them. Everybody that I see at Mato's shows, they seem deeply connected to what he's saying. Can you shake your hands with me? Everybody bows, please. Yes, yes. So listen.
what I'm always working towards is like chess. So it's like three steps ahead. Like what is this move going to get me? And how is this going to create a safer space or safer environment for the community I want to build in future generations? While Wayuhi's goal is clear, Thompson says that as an emerging artist, it's difficult for Wayuhi to get the message across to a sizable audience at this stage in his career. Yet his message remains strong and Wayuhi will continue to walk for a long time. For Annenberg Media, I'm Molly Hirsch. That's all for From Where We Are. Today's show is produced by Paulina Sherizova and Johnny Dorsal. Iona White is the executive producer. Thank you to our reporters, Carlo Jimenez and India Otto. I'm Colton Nephew. From all of us here at Annenberg Media, see you next time on From Where We Are.